Well, good morning. That's the appropriate response. <laughs> How are we doing? Everything's, everything's good in the land of the dogs today, right? That's all right. Tough for you, I'll go down with the team. Sorry. That's all right. I'm an Auburn grad, Makes for those of you who don't know. There it is. Yeah, go. there's a couple grown. Come on. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the marching. Shut up. <laughs> the marching band did great. So, so oh. it, it, it uh, so everybody's happy in Athens. Come, come back. Come on. We all right. Okay. But, but had it gone differently, there could be some despair, right? Could be. Uh, to <laughs> despair is one of those emotions that just you, it just jumps on you. Sometimes you don't even know it's coming. You were telling right. me this morning about a recent, yeah. recent moment event. of despair. It happened, uh, I recently got married. Yeah, come on. Thank so there you. is hope. And so, <laughs> would recommend it. <laughs> um, but the week before you get married, it's just, it's kind of chaos. Uh, yes. Like if it, you've been there. And you've mm-hmm. been there with a lot of people. Yep. Um, so I was still actually trying to get my suit um, <laughs> the week before. It was still not in my possession. Um, everything was fine. But... My mom was going with me. We were hanging out a little bit. Mom was doing what mom always does, making sure her son looked good, you know? Oh, yeah. And she, while we were there, she gave me the check. The check. The, the check. Yeah. That takes care of uh, pretty much getting your life started, takes care <laughs> of the honeymoon. Like, this is the check that you get from your parents usually before you get married. It's not like $50. And, uh, no, like... this is, it was up there. Um, <laughs> So we go to another store. We're still looking, trying to get stuff. And I remember I was trying something on, and I felt in my pockets, and it, it wasn't there anymore. And so <laughs> what happened, I, it, that, that's when the moment occurred to me. That's when I was like, uh, that was it. I didn't know what to do. It was despair, utter <laughs> despair. I was like, I don't know. I, I didn't know what to do. We, I called the store. Employees were looking everywhere. And we were actually in Steinmart at Beachwood. And I'm running around the Beachwood parking lot, like just looking for this doing thing. Doing laps. Like doing laps, looking for it. Uh, we go back in. We finish what we need to do. And as I'm on my way back to my car, in the bushes there, I just see this thing just rattling. Are you kidding? And I go up, pick it up, and it's the check. And I go home. My mom's already left. I had to call her. I found the check. She was like... It that is some a, but, despair. But that moment, I remember I was in the dressing room at Steinmart, <laughs> and I was like, just, that was it. I didn't know what to do. No. I was utter despair. Despair. Now, that's, that's a funny story with a good ending, though. It, I got married. It was uh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> but sometimes despair is a little deeper, right? Mm. It's, not, um, it's not something you laugh about. It's heavy and it's hard and it hurts. And what we're gonna look at today in John 11 is a moment with despair and some doubt that Jesus is gonna bring unbelievable hope into. And so our, our goal today is for you to see that hope and feel uh, the power and the authority of Jesus today in a way that we haven't seen in the Gospel of John yet. So we're in John chapter 11. And we're just going to read verses and kind of talk through it here. So let me, let me get us cranked up here. 
Verse one, now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary uh, and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place he was. Wait, let's see. I got I to gotta stop you there because right. I, I read that and I read that when Lazarus heard that he was ill, I mean, when Jesus heard that Lazarus was ill and Jesus loves Lazarus, the, the normal response there is, <laughs> I want to go see him. I, w- I want to go see him before he dies because I love him, because I care for him. Like, and if you were dying and nobody showed up at your deathbed, I mean, you'd feel like, I got, I got no friends. Like, that would hurt. And, and it, yeah. Like, and Jesus, it just doesn't seem to make sense there why Jesus doesn't go and he's, right away. And he's ill. Like, he's sick. Mary and Martha know uh, if Jesus shows up, he's going to be Okay. And we know that, right? Because we've been tracking with Jesus and John, and he's done some amazing things. Uh, turned water into wine, sight to a blind man, lets a lame man walks. Jesus walks on water, feeds 15,000 people with a happy meal. Um, he's done some stuff. Right. Healed, healed a kid from 20 miles away, right? So Mary and Martha know, we just got, we got to get Jesus. It, and... and Jesus, he's sick. All right, I'll, I'll get with you in a couple of days. It, it would be the equivalent of, imagine you call, like somebody's really ill, you gotta get help, you dial 911, and the operator says, um, yeah, well, we, we don't really work on weekends, uh, it's Friday, <laughs> we'll get to you on Monday. That's what, that's, <laughs> what is going on? Will you, he waits because, listen, when he, verse six, don't miss this. When he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer. He loves them. He loves Lazarus. And because he loves him, he waits. He, you, you need to hear this. Sometimes, because Jesus loves you, right? Sometimes he'll wait. And the, and the reason is, Jesus is not primarily motivated or driven by um, need or opportunity. Jesus is motivated by the will of the Father and the timing of the Father. So he, they, he gets this news, and... He just waits for two days. In fact, he doesn't tell the disciples until a few verses later. Starting in in verse seven. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and you're going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. 
After saying these things, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas, called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go, that we may die with him. Now, get, get the scene. They, they've, uh, in chapter 10, we ended with, they're, they're trying to find a way to arrest Jesus. So Jesus is out. He and his, he and his boys, are, they, they're like camp. They're just hanging out, right? Jesus gets word. Lazarus is ill. And he hasn't told them that. So when he, he comes and he goes, we got to go to Judea. And yeah, these 12 guys. Like, wait. They're, <laughs> right. Whoa. You know that... They're trying to kill you over there, Jesus. And um, it just, <laughs> he says, um, these, these 12 guys, imagine like 11 of your closest friends and like you can pick out the people in your yeah. group that might be these guys. And uh, somebody is like, when, when Jesus says, uh, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, like in my mind, I'm gonna be saying, well, can't somebody else wake that boy up? <laughs> I mean, let's get him an alarm clock or something. Why we got to yeah. go where they're going to kill you? And <laughs> I feel like I'd be the guy in, in verse nine, like they're just, they're trying to kill you there. This doesn't, <laughs> this doesn't make sense. Why would we But do there's this? always the one guy, right? Yeah. And we, we talked, we decided this would be Pastor Scott Carson, <laughs> right? Because this is just, <laughs> this if is you know Scott, this is Scott. Thomas, well, Let's go so we can die with him. Like, let's just go. Let's go. Thomas is one of these, like, he doubts, and then he's like, no, let's go. All right, we, we in. Jesus, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. Now, there's a couple of ways that the, the Bible talks about death. One is you've, you've fallen asleep. And that's usually talking about people that believe in God, that put their trust and their hope in God. You're asleep. And it uses the word dead. Here's what the word death means. It means to be separated. So there is a physical death and a spiritual death. The physical death, your, your, your soul is separated from this shell we walk around in. That's death. It's separated. The spiritual death is this. You are separated from God. And the Bible tells us that if you are asleep, if you're dead in Jesus, you're asleep. You're basically taking a nap. And your soul is with God in the presence of God. And there's going to be a day coming when Jesus is going to come. He's going to tap you on the shoulder and say, wake up. And your soul is going to come get your body. And you're going to have a new resurrection body. And you're going to live with God forever in relationship with God. If you know Jesus, if you don't know Jesus and you die, you will spend eternity in hell. And, and you may be thinking, are you trying to scare me? You ought to be afraid if you don't know Jesus. Because that death is eternal and you will be separated forever. And, and Jesus is saying, I'm going to go he has to tell the disciples, Lazarus is dead, but I'm going to go wake him up. 
And he does it so that God can get the glory. So that's the yeah. scene, and he and, he and the disciples are headed. No, but I, I love verse 15, to, and for your sake, I'm glad I was not there right. so that you may believe. See, Jesus knows it's going to be far more powerful if he waits to show up. And the, he's got the information. He does. There's a, we tend to act only when we have all the information, right? We do. You were talking about yeah, this? Yeah, I was talking about this. Like, I got this right here. Um, what, what is this called? Can you read that? It's a sign-up list. All right, we, we all hate these. All right, I want you to just sign can, up. Can I? Uh, no, I ain't no, signing up. See, you're not going to sign that. Because I don't have any information. <laughs> you have no that. information on what this and could I be. And I know you. I could so, be anything. It could be anything. <laughs> like fill up my car for yes. a year yes. with gas. But we, we don't act because we want a lot of information we do. before we act. And Jesus doesn't give a lot of information, but he has all the information, right? It, it's good that we waited. It's good to let suffering move into the lives of people so you can see the full display of God's glory. And uh, so then we, he, he begins to move toward Judea. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. How many, how many of you? That, that, is a, that is a sentence of disappointment and despair. And I don't think, like we, sometimes we read the Bible with this real sanitized, uh, no emotion in it. Let me, let me say to you, I, I think she's a little angry. Because they sent for him, remember. And she sees him and there's like in her, she's like, if, you know, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't be, he wouldn't be in a tomb right now. If you had been here, if you had been here. How many, how many of us feel the if only, Right? If only I had studied for that test. If only mom hadn't got sick. If only I can get that job. If, like, if I had done this, if I had done that. They, what the if only does is it wants to move into the past and try to change the past. But look, look at what Jesus does to the if only. Verse, yeah, verse, verse 22, 22 but says, even now, yeah. I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God, who's coming into the world. So in this moment, Jesus is saying, like, like Martha's looking back and going, man, if, if you would have been here, if we could, we could have changed, 
And a lot of times we want to live in that past and we hurt and we're like, we can't go back and change it. And Jesus steps into it and he, he points her to the future, right? Don't, don't dwell back here, Martha. And she knows, right? She says, I, I believe he'll rise again. And, and then watch what Jesus does. He, he, in this moment, he's about to, because he created time, I, I'm, I'm gonna reach up here and I'm gonna grab the future and the past and I'm gonna bring them right here to the present and I'm about to show you that death has no power mm. in, the, in the world I've created because of me. I am the resurrection and the life. It's the seventh, I think, uh, I am statement in the Gospel of John, and it is the declaration by Jesus. He's been moving through the Gospel of John, trying to make the point. Yeah. John tells us the reason it was written is so that you would know Jesus is the Messiah, and by believing in him, you would have eternal life. And Jesus is, this is kind of the Famous. ultimate fight and he's I, picking here. And I love what he's saying to Martha. Yeah. Like Martha believes I, I know that he will rise again on the last day. Like, I know that's going to happen. And Jesus is saying, no. Like, <laughs> she has this distant belief that the resurrection will happen in the future. And Jesus is saying, I have power over death yeah. now. I am the resurrection and life here and now. And, and they're mourning. And there's a little hope. A little hope starts to flash in her world, right? Do you, he says, do you, you believe? Mm -hmm. Trust me. You believe me, Martha? In verse 28, when she said this, she went and called her sisters. We, there's, I gotta go get Mary. The teacher is here, and he is calling for you. How about that? Jesus is here. He, he knows you're hurting. He wants, he wants to see you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if... If you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. Don't, don't miss the emotion in this moment. Mary hears Jesus is here and she does what we all ought to do. She runs to Jesus. She falls at the feet of Jesus. She's hurting. Her brother has died. There is despair and the only place she knows to go is the feet of Jesus. And, and the, the reaction the, the, of Jesus. The emotion, yeah. I mean, he, it's just a, such a combination there of being deeply moved, greatly troubled, and he's hurting for Martha. He's hurting for Mary because Lazarus has just died. He's missing a dear friend, but also he's, he's a little angry. Yeah, He's really upset because he knows this isn't the way it's supposed to be. 
All right, Jesus knows him, him and dad created this world. Yeah. He created it with no sin, created it perfectly where there was no death. But sin came into the world and Jesus is hurting because he sees the effects of what death has on their lives. And there is this moment going on here where, where the humanity of Jesus is on full display. You, those of you who've, who've been around death, you've had family members die, you, you know, it's just painful. And there is real weeping and wailing here with the family and the friends. They are in, like Lazarus. They loved Lazarus and Jesus loves him. And when he sees the emotion and the, and the broken sin that is in the world, He's just, he's moved. It's that, have you ever been in that place where, where you're, you're angry and sad at the same time and you just can't, like you can't get words out and it's just this, it's this really deep, painful weeping. And there, there's probably some, some people in the room this morning who, who have a lot of if onlys. Yeah. They want to think if only, if only this, if only that, and Really, I think what Jesus is saying here is that I, I've been there. Yeah. I've been there with you. When, when Mary and Martha want to think, Lord, if only you had been here, Jesus has come onto this earth and, and lived a full human life. And he, he's with you in those if only moments. What, whatever you're going through, whatever's happening in your life, when you want to think, if only I want you to turn to, turn to Jesus because yeah. he's been there with you. And the presence of Jesus is powerful. He, he says, he's deeply troubled. He said, where have you laid him? They said, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Jesus weeps with those who weep. There's, there's no pain, no loss, no hurt that you experience today that he doesn't feel. Hmm. That's beautiful. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, Here's the, here are the doubters, right? Could, could he, who opened the eyes of the blind, not, could he not have kept this guy from dying? Right. Poor Jesus. Man, he was, he was on a good run. And I if think, he'd have just got yeah. here on time. We see that, that when Jesus teaches, he splits the crowd. Yes. He splits them right in two. There, there's yes. people who are not in belief and people who are in belief of him. And there's very few lukewarm, like middle mm -hmm. of the road folks with Jesus. But there's this, there's this subtle little, couldn't he have kept him from dying? And verse 38, Jesus deeply moved again, came to the tomb. Don't, don't miss the deeply moved. That, that's that, it's the, one commentator I read said that it's from a, a root word that means to snort with anger, All right? Jesus is angry and sad because an enemy has walked into the garden. Death is an enemy that came into the garden in Genesis 3. It is, our, it is Satan's greatest weapon against us is death. 
And Paul says in 1 Corinthians, it is the last enemy. The last enemy to be defeated will be death. And, and Jesus, his friend has died, and he walks up to the tomb. There was a cave, and a stone lay against it. He said, take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor. He has been dead four days. The King James Version actually says, Lord, he stinketh. I'm not even making it up. He stinketh. Now, here's the, here's the reason. He's dead, right? The body begins to decompose, and there would have been an, an odor that would have been overpowering. And Martha's like, Lord, I get you. I know you. We can't. No. And, and Jesus like, roll the stone out of the way. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said, he's going to smell. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you? If you believe, you would see the glory of God. So they took the stone away. When Jesus says to her, you're going to see the glory of God, it pulls us back to, if you remember John chapter 1, when Nathaniel comes up and Jesus says, I saw you by the tree. And Nathaniel's like, man, you're the Messiah. And Jesus goes, I tell you, if you're amazed by that, if you follow me, here's what you're going to see. That, and he quotes the passage from where, uh, uh, sorry, the angels are coming up and down. Jacob's ladder. Jacob's ladder, right? He quotes that passage. It seems a little odd, right? But Jesus is saying, no, Nathaniel, if you follow me, here's what you're going to see. You're going to see what happens when the door is swung open between heaven and earth, and I operate in both of those things. This is the fullest display of that that we're going to see. And so he lifts up his eyes, and he prays. He lifted up his eyes, and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. Now just, I mean, that, that points us back just knowing why this book was written so that you may believe. And he's, he's doing, he's about to do this miracle to show them why he's there. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out. His, fan, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Mm. Yes. We, again, I just, we just read the Bible wrong, y'all. Right? He cried in a loud voice. This isn't a, you, you're walking in trying to wake your roommate up, right? Hey, hey. Wake up. This is a man deeply emotionally moved. The one who spoke the universe into creation says, Lazarus, come out. And the, I, don't, I don't know how fast it happened, but can you imagine? Some of that scared some of y'all. <laughs> can you imagine? When, when the, the, the lion of Judah roars the name of Lazarus. 
and the and the demons are like whoa, like the universe feels that right, and and all of a sudden you're standing outside this tomb and you hear. I don't, I don't know what it sounds like. Like in my mind, I have a thousand things that I think must have been happening. And you start hearing something in the tomb. What? What is that? And then dude has to hop to the door, right? Can you, I mean, really, look, it's, he's, bound he's bound like this. Feet, hands, grave claw, and can imagine, Right? Jesus has just shouted into a hole where there's a stinking dead man and all of a sudden, I don't know, 30 seconds later, no, it ain't funny. Think. Think about this. And he gets to the front door of a tomb alive Yes, amen. Alive. The, and the... Uh, Lazarus, come out. And, and so he's alive. Y'all, when you are born again, the Lion of Judah shouts into the darkness and says, come out. And you are spiritually dead and in an instant spiritually alive. Yes, amen, yes. The, look, the gospel isn't, it doesn't make bad people better. It makes dead people alive. You, you are in a room full of one-time corpses. And we just, we just kind of, we, we just, we're so bored with the story. Mm. He's, he, he's, go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, even I'm, looking, I'm even looking forward, Jesus said to him, to them. Yes. He did not say, Jesus did not say to him, all right, oh, I've called so you important. out of dead to life, and now I want you to just fix yourself. Yeah, be better. Be better. Be good. That, this that's is not so what he's important. saying. Yes. So he's bound, right? Hands, feet, bound, grave cloth over. Jesus, no, you're alive. But you, Lazarus cannot experience, I mean, I'm guessing this, this boy ready to run. Right? Take the grave clothes off. Take, unbind him. Jesus said to them. Said to them, unbind him. Because Lazarus can't do it himself. So Lazarus' friends and the people that have been weeping for him, probably some of them are like, I don't know, man. (laughs) Really? So they unbind him. And he's free. Hear hear me. You You can be alive and still be bound. And, and my guess is in a room with this many people, some of you are alive spiritually. You, you've been called out of the tomb of spiritual death and you're alive, but you are bound. You, you've got some kind of sin that has you shackled. Either you're, it's, a, it's fear, it's sexual sin, it's something you're just bound in it and the reason you can't get out of it is this. You think you got to take those shackles off yourself. And it's one reason why you need the church. You need other people around you. This is all discipleship is, right? It is us helping each other get out of our grave clothes and into our church clothes. 
right? That's, Lazarus, you ain't dead. You don't need to be in grave clothes anymore. Put on some church clothes and get in the game. But you, you can't do that by yourself. You need other people around you. And some of you today need to lean over to the person next to you or, or you need to get with your D group or your friends or somebody and say, I am, I am bound, help me. Because that was the, that was mm-hmm. the design of the church yeah. is for us to help each other get out of our grave clothes. I think there's also probably some people this morning who are still in the grave. Yeah. Who are still stuck there in death. And, and we're trying to act as if we have all the information. <laughs> and Jesus is saying, no, you don't. I want you to trust me. And he's yeah. trying to call you out of the grave. He's saying, I want you to sign up and be on my list. Be on my team today. Mm. That's what he really wants out of us. That's what this life is about. He's saying that I am the resurrection and the life. So Lazarus died and people hurt, and there was mourning, there was weeping, and Jesus blows that up in a moment. He takes the if only and erases it with the when Jesus. Whatever your if only is today, when Jesus steps into it, it's gone. It doesn't mean you're not going to hurt. It doesn't mean you're not going to cry. But Jesus is more powerful than death. And, and as wild as this moment is, right? Look what happens. We, we really quickly, I want you to see this. Many of the Jews who had come with Mary had seen what he did, believed in him, right? So like Taylor said, two camps. Some are believing. And then you got this group in verse 46. Some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So you got this group of people like, man, we got to tell the guys back at headquarters, right? So they go back and they're gonna, we're gonna kill him. This is it. This is the final straw because look, and here's why. We've been trying to figure out why, what's up with the Pharisees, right? So what does it say? Verse 49, but one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, you know nothing at all. Nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. He did not say this of his own accord, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation and not for the nation only, but also to gather into one the children of God who are scattered abroad. So, yeah, the high priest, God uses, don't miss that, he did not say this of his own accord, but because he's the high priest and God goes, oh, that, that office belongs to me. I'm, can I bo- I'm gonna borrow you for a moment, Caiaphas, and you're gonna, you're gonna spit some truth for a moment. That ought to bring you some comfort. Mm-hmm. Nobody's an authority unless God put them there. And God will use even corrupt authority to accomplish his purpose. And, and we, we learned why. The verse prior to that, we, we, they're like, we cannot, let, this guy's starting to raise people from the dead. If we let him keep going, look, they're gonna take away our place and our, their, our, 
All of their hope is in their political position and in the power that comes with it. And they're afraid of Jesus because what if they take that away? I got news for you. In, in about, I don't know, 10 chapters, it's about to vanish <laughs> because there's going to be another tomb with another stone, but Jesus is not going to be on the outside, outside of it that time. He's going to be on the inside. And he's going he's to die the lamb and the lion's going to roar back to life. And that stone's going to roll out of the way and the king is going to walk out and no political party <laughs> can overthrow that. Jesus is the hope of the world. He is the resurrection and the life. And today, the offer for you is that. If you've never come out of the tomb of spiritual death to spiritual life, that's the invitation today. Just come. Or if you have come to spiritual life and you're bound by some kind of sin, you, you got to get out of those grave clothes and you're going to need people to help you do that. And that's the offer today from Jesus to you.